This is 35 West, a podcast about politics and policy of the 35 countries in the Western Hemisphere. I'm Richard Miles, Senior Associate of the Americas Program at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Mexican, but are we ready? I don't think. Reform trends in Argentina. And that's what happened. role at all in the NAFTA negotiation. In this podcast series, we'll discuss some of the biggest issues affecting countries in our own backyard. Argentines go to the polls on October 27th, the end result of which may spell the end of Mauricio Macri's tenure as president. Welcome to 35 West. I'm your host, Richard Miles. My guest today is Argentine expert Michael Matera, who also happens to be director of the Americas program here at CSIS. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Thank you, Richard. So, Michael, many of our listeners already know this, but I should point out that you have many connections to Argentina. You served there, I think, at least twice at the U.S. Embassy in the early 2000s. Uh, We briefly overlapped for a time, and you doubled down on your commitment to Argentina by marrying an Argentine. So, you you know a lot about the country. You're sharing all of my secrets, (laughs) Richard. All right. So, you know, Michael, those who follow Argentine politics and society know it's a little bit like riding a roller coaster. Uh, You know, to, to make a gross characterization... There's sort of like a decade of prosperity and stability, relatively speaking, tends to be followed by a decade of inflation and, and chaos. And so it seems like we're we're witnessing that again or we're in the process of seeing that again. So on October 27th, in, in just a few weeks, we'll have the first and, and maybe the final round of presidential elections, depending on the results. And as it stands uh, now, a few weeks out, Mauricio Macri's Cambiemos coalition is well behind in the polls, or at least many of them. And there's a good possibility that Argentina is going to return to a a parentist government with perhaps Alberto Fernandez in charge uh, or perhaps Cristina Fernandez-Kirchner in charge as vice president. So uh, paint a picture for us with a few weeks out before the first round of voting, sort of who's up and, you know, where exactly is... Mauricio Macri in the polls, are those polls reliable? Can we expect any surprises? Well, there have already been surprises, and and it's hard to talk about the first round on October 27th without first talking about the so-called primary that took place on August 11th. The primary in Argentina, which has a very complex electoral system, this primary is essentially a beauty contest. It's a an official poll where the population is required to go and vote, but the vote doesn't count. But the vote on August 11th gave a very clear indication that President Macri is in trouble and is pretty unlikely to be reelected. The Fernandez-Fernandez ticket, Alberto Fernandez, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, won about 49% of the vote and Mauricio Macri, 32%. So in this beauty contest official poll on August 11th, the indication is pretty clear that, that Macri is going to have a very hard time uh, in this first round of the election. The first round uh, has six candidates in it, six presidential candidates, but the only two that really are are being watched are Alberto Fernandez and his vice presidential candidate, Cristina Kirchner, and Mauricio Macri and his vice presidential candidate, uh, Miguel Angel Pichetto. The expectation is that Alberto Fernandez will win 
most people are very skeptical about polls at this point, uh, particularly after this surprise on August 11th. The, the August 11th outcome was completely unexpected. Most people thought that the difference was going to be just several points between the two of them. That's what all the polls showed. So no one is is paying very much attention now to, to polls, but the expectation is, is overwhelmingly that Alberto Fernandez will win. Um, that said, Argentina is a country of surprises. Anything could happen. Uh, there are three weeks now, three weeks and several days before the first round. Anything could happen. But uh, if you were to ask me with my 25 years of experience watching Argentine politics, I think it's pretty clear that Alberto Fernandez uh, is going to is going to run away, possibly with over 50 percent of, of the votes. Um, there are some people who are speculating that he's going to be in the mid 50s. He is most interested in, in getting above 54%, which is the amount that Christina Kirchner got in her second mandate. Uh, he's hoping to be able to show that he has uh, even stronger support than, than Christina Kirchner did eight years ago. Unclear where that's all going to come out. So I'd say 90% probability Alberto Fernandez wins on, August, on October 27th, 10% chance of a complete Such surprise. All right, let's talk about why why Macri finds himself in this position. And again, there there's some familiar themes here that other Argentine, probably most other Argentine presidents have faced, and among those is the inability of the government to get inflation under control, and then of course government spending, which the two are not unrelated. When Macri came in uh, four years ago, there's a, a lot of hope and a lot of promise that he would be able to sort of reverse this typical Argentine cycle. But clearly he didn't. What are some of the reasons, in your opinion, that he was unable to do that? Did he not have enough political strength to kind of move his policies through? Or did he have the political strength and it just wasn't enough? He took a very cautious approach to restructuring the government of Argentina and cutting back on the, the fiscal expenditures, which the Kirchner administrations had left at a very, very high level. Government spending as a percentage of GDP went from around 25% um, when the, the Kirchners began to close to 50% of GDP. I mean, a figure that is just unsustainable. Macri felt uh, in the first years uh, as he took over that to do a, a serious adjustment was something that Argentine society would not tolerate. And as a result, uh, he ended up borrowing very heavily. He settled with the uh, Argentine debt holdouts from the previous period and was able to access international finance. Uh, he took on a large amount of international debt and also local debt, both in dollars and in pesos. Uh, his bet was that Taking on this debt, maintaining social benefits, uh, maintaining the social situation quiet, he would be able to gradually begin to cut the government uh, spending back. That was a bet that he took. He also had hoped that international investment was going to come in and that was going to help um, Argentina to grow. That simply didn't happen. The investment didn't come in, in the, to the degree that he had hoped. Ultimately, he was faced with an exchange crisis in the middle of last year, 2018. This is the crisis that led to the IMF coming in with its largest rescue package uh, in its history, $57 billion, a, a program that was signed uh, at the end of the summer of last year. That program came with very, very strong conditionality that required a primary fiscal balance. Um, Macri was forced 
to come up with this primary fiscal balance uh, that led to the adjustment on benefits, adjustment on on government spending, and that is what led to uh, what has been a, a very serious recession over the last year and a half. A president going into an election with a recession on his back uh, is not a not a very favorable position to be in. And the term that you, the expression you hear a lot down in Argentina at this point is, uh, it's the economy, stupid. The economy just uh, undercut Macri's position, undercut his, his power, uh, undercut his public support and left him with the, the level of support, you know, 15, 16 points behind that of the Fernandez ticket. What has been, I guess, the, the main argument by Alberto Fernandez and Cristina? Are, are they promising better economic policies? Do they have any at all? Or is it simply that they're not Mauricio Macri and they're, they're benefiting, as you said, from, you know, he made a lot of promises of being able to turn things around. He failed on his promises. So today they just have to stand there and, and take in those votes. Or are they saying, oh, no, we have a plan, which, of course, a lot of people are going to be very skeptical about because the characters had a long history of thwarting Argentine exporters, basically trying to shut down beef exports and so on and so on. Well, what, is their, what is their answer, you know, to all the <laughs> problems you described of the government spending inflation, you know, what are they saying well, they're going to do differently, as is, if anything? As is very, very typical in Argentina, the people coming into government, and we're assuming that the Fernandez-Fernandez ticket is coming in, they are saying the guys before us got it all wrong and have left the country in a much worse state than they found it. There's some truth to that. The poverty level is higher in Argentina today than it was when Mauricio Macri took over, but he took over from a government that lied about the poverty levels, that manipulated statistics on inflation, said that employment was very low, said that the poverty level was very low. So it's all very, very difficult to sort this all out. I mean, who is to blame? I personally believe that that the Macri government intended to change the culture, knew that the culture of Argentina, the populist culture of Argentina, a country that has lived well beyond its means for most of the last hundred years, uh, his intent to change the culture was genuine. Uh, it was simply a job that couldn't be done in a short period of time, in one term, in three or four years. Uh, and one which was beyond the capability of the team that he put together. He had a team that, by their own admission, made quite a number of mistakes along the way. They did make mistakes. They generally recognized those mistakes and tried to correct them. But you've had four years of, of inconsistent policy. And then in the last year and a half, they've been forced to do what they didn't want to do at the beginning. And, and that has led to the economic recession that really doomed the Macri candidacy uh, this second round. I, I think that is ultimately you know, where this all came out. But as you well know, Richard, uh, <laughs> Within the number of years you've spent in Argentina and Latin America, Argentina, is, it's a very, very complex, a very complex picture, but not for this discussion. But I, I've mentioned already the issue of populism. Populism in Argentina has been its legacy for the last hundred years. And, and that is what has led Argentina from being a hundred years ago, one of the top 10 economies in real terms uh, to today being uh, ranked about number 75 or 80 an impressive decline, most shocking decline. It, it really is a unique case in the world today. 
and the Argentines have difficulty explaining this. The new government, uh, if it is the Fernandez-Fernandez government, comes in uh, saying that they're going to do things very differently. They're going to control inflation. They claim that inflation has gotten higher under Macri than it was under the, the Christina Kirchner last administration. That is true. But inflation during the last four years of Christina Kirchner's administration was also uh, close to 40%. It's a bit higher now uh, because of the devaluation that's taken place in response to the uh, the exchange crisis that the country faced a year and a few months ago. Let's assume that Alberto Fernandez and Christina Fernandez de Kirchner, no relation for listeners who don't know that. Let's assume they do win on October 27th or at least in the second round. A lot of people think that Alberto Fernandez is really just going to be a figurehead and that Christina Fernandez de Kirchner will sort of, this will be Kirchner 3.0. What do we know about their relationship? Uh, I mean, are, are they friends? Are they longtime political allies? Is there tension there? And, and what are the prospects of simply, yeah, that is what happens. Basically, we're just going to see a new Christina Kirchner government under the guise of a super vice president. Argentina is, is a very, very super presidential system where the president has very, very strong powers. Alberto Fernandez was the, the chief of cabinet of Cristina Kirchner for the first, uh, I believe it was three years of her administration. Alberto Fernandez is a Peronist moderate. There's little question about that. He left the Cristina Kirchner administration. He, he resigned himself over differences with Christina Kirchner, over corruption, over a number of the policies that, that she went forward with without fully bringing him on board. So he left under, under very difficult circumstances. Over the years after his resignation, he was extremely critical of Christina Kirchner. Alberto was brought back into uh, the circle, the power circle, by Christina in May uh, when she decided that it would be a much stronger ticket being led by the moderate Alberto Fernandez with her as the vice presidential candidate. There are many who say that, that she truly wants to be nothing more than the vice president and president of the Senate, which comes along with the position of, of vice president. That is the big question. Is Alberto Fernandez going to be able to assert himself and, and be his own man, his own president, uh, or is he going to be under very strong pressure from Christina Kirchner? Ultimately, he is the president. He can appoint whomever he wants. There is strong speculation that, that there will be a lot of pressure on him by Christina Kirchner to appoint her people to key positions, and those positions are generally thought to be foreign minister, um, the head of the tax agency, the finance minister or economy minister, and the justice ministry. But this is all speculation. At, at this point, one can say nothing more than things are, are quite uncertain. I worked with Alberto Fernandez when he was the, the chief of cabinet. I was at the embassy at that time. I know him from that period of time. He is a moderate. The people who are close to him say that that moderate side of him is what is going to prevail. They recognize very clearly that there will be strong pressure on him from the more extremist side of the Peronist party, uh, of Christina Kirchner, of the youth group La Campora. How it's all going to sort out is just anyone's guess at this point, really. But we could, we could be looking at some infighting in that government for no question. Know, a good year or two. So. No question. And that is uh, typically what happens with Peronist administrations. <laughs> Peronism is, is, is talked of as a big tent that... Right. that brings in all different groups from the, you know, the far right to the far left. The Peronist grouping at this point is, is quite diverse. 
it's very unclear who's going to be really making the, the, the final call. Alberto Fernandez as president certainly will have the lead. Will he be able to maintain that lead and maintain his own control? We'll see. We'll see if that happens. But first, let's let the election take place on the 27th. Let's let the, the people of Argentina uh, decide for themselves. Will it be Alberto Fernandez with Cristina Kirchner? Will it be Mauricio Macri and Miguel Angel Pichetto? That's the question that we're all waiting to see resolved three weeks from now. Let's talk about Argentina's standing in the world. I think it's fair to say that under Nestor Kirchner and Christina Kirchner, we saw a policy of um, confrontation with the United States, with the IMF, with the UK, and then a move also of Argentina to basically the left in Latin America, allying itself with Hugo Chavez, with Evo Morales, sort of the counterweight to the United with, States. With Castro. With, with Castro, et cetera. Very, very pro-Cuban um, outlook. Under Macri's tenure, of course, of fairly good relations with the Trump administration, as you said, kind of settled the, the debt issue um, that had been hanging over Argentina for quite some time. And I would say basically much more accommodating, open looking towards the rest of the world. Are we going to see a return to the days of much more antagonistic policy towards the United States? You said Alberto Fernandez is a moderate. What evidence are, and you certainly know this probably better than anyone else, I'm assuming he is not anti-U.S. nor seeks a confrontation with the U.S., but are there directions or are there pressures within the party that are going to pull him in that direction, regardless of his personal opinion? There's no question. I mean, he is very well disposed to the United States, has had frequent trips up here, um, is known by many people in this country has very good relations with the U.S. Embassy in Buenos Aires. Clearly, he understands the need, in particular at this point, to have a good relationship with the United States. One of the most important things that he's going to need is, a, is an extension of the IMF program, and that, that won't happen um, without maintaining a, a very good relationship with the U.S. government and with our president. There will be pressures. Those pressures are going to come on a number of issues. Uh, the one that is talked about most is the issue of Venezuela. Um, the expectation is that Argentina will drop out of the Lima group, uh, friends of democracy in, in Venezuela that um, is made up of most of the countries of, of South America, with the exception of, of Mexico and, and Uruguay. The expectation is that Argentina will join Mexico and, and Uruguay uh, as non-members of the Lima group and as apologists of sort for Nicolás Maduro. If that happens, it's going to be very complicated uh, to maintain a, an even relationship with the United States. And I think that many people have already made that point very clear to, to Alberto Fernandez. Again, will he be able to assert his own recognition of the importance of maintaining a good relationship with the rest of Latin America and with the United States and with Europe, all of whom support the removal of Nicolás Maduro. If not, it will be, I think, a very complicated bilateral relationship. But that is the real issue for me that is going to define where that bilateral relationship goes. And the pressures to have a good relationship with the U.S., with the democratic international community, and with the international financial institutions is going to be very, very strong. Uh, they will not have the flexibility that they had before to simply pay off the, the IMF and to go their own way. 
international conditions, the credit situation that Argentina will be facing with credit markets completely closed, completely closed, will make it much, much more important to maintain that close relationship with the U.S. and with the IMF. Oh, it's uh, another one of the very complex questions facing Argentina in these next months. If Mauricio Macri loses on the October 27th, as everyone expects he will, do you think he's going to stay in politics or does he go back to private life? I mean, he had a, he had a nice life before politics. Does he go back to that, uh, become a private citizen, or do you think he might stick around in the political arena? Certainly his movement, his party pro will continue. He will not be leading the party. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, if he is defeated in this election, that is essentially the end of his political career. He will remain somewhat involved in, in the movement, in the party, I think. So he's a well-known name, right? So that you can't sort of he, escape that. He can't that. disappear. Yeah, yeah. But Horacio Rodriguez Lareta, the mayor of Buenos Aires, is the person who's expected to take over the reins of the party, assuming that he is reelected as the mayor of Buenos Aires. Uh, it looks like that's very likely. But again, uh, one just doesn't know. Uh, if he is reelected in the city, uh, that will be his platform uh, from which to maintain his involvement in national politics and uh, his hope and the hope of, of the party from, from what we understand uh, is to maintain itself as a strong opposition over the next four years and for him to likely emerge as the presidential candidate for 2023. Michael, thank you very much for joining me today. The dicey thing about pre-election podcasts is that either we're going to look like geniuses or totally clueless. So we'll <laughs> we'll see after October 27th. Hopefully it'll be the former, not the latter, but enjoy <laughs> talking hope. about Argentina. Let's hope. A, a and pleasure, uh, Richard. Thank you very much. You back. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to 35 West. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and visit the America's Program page at CSIS.org.